Welcome to the One Life Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to lead people to follow Jesus in everyday life, and we hope that God uses this message to influence and encourage others to join us on that mission. We're glad you're listening. For more, please visit us online at onelifecc.org. We've been looking at this man named Samson um, in the book of Judges. So what we know about Samson is that he was set apart at birth from God uh, to help deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. So he was strong. He had good hair. That's what we, we know about him. And to give you a little bit of a recap of last week, uh, Samson defeated an army of a thousand people, um, struck them down. And then afterward, he just fell to his knees and was like, so I'm just going to die of thirst now. God opens the earth, provides water for Samson. And then for 20 years, for 20 years, Samson rules and leads and everything is good. And then he decides to it. It doesn't always just accidentally happen. Um, it's one step at a time, one decision at a time. And, and Samson travels, he's this prostitute, and then he falls in love with this brutal woman, this gold digger named Delilah. Uh, she's the worst. And so at this whole thing, he loves her. She loves money. She sells him out to the enemy for a, not that much money, really. But she sells him out. And he goes. Eventually, she nags him down. He gives away a secret of where all of his power is. And then in that moment, she takes him, puts his head in her lap. He falls asleep. And she brings somebody in, and they cut his hair. And he loses all of his power. He wakes up. She tells him, hey, the enemy's here. He gets up, walks out. The enemy captures him, gouges his eyes out, throws him in prison. And that's where I love about my 40-hour-a-week job and what I've gotten to do throughout the years. I like um, doing interviews. I like interviewing people for a job um, because they come prepared with the questions they think I'm going to ask, and I usually ask none of them. Um, we just talk, and the more you get to know somebody, the more you talk to them, the more you learn about them, the more you realize why they operate how they operate and what they like doing. And, and life's not just about work. And so the more you learn about how someone operates outside of the workplace, you'll learn about how they'll operate inside of it. Um, and so I like to ask questions like, you know, what are you worst at? What's your biggest flaw? And most of the time people will give you a brutal answer. that's like, well, I'm just, I'm too hard of a worker or I show up too on time. And you're like, that's, that's a positive. You just said negatively. So I've learned through the years that these questions can be prompting and can learn a lot. So we're going to kind of start with one this morning. And so question, what's your biggest fear? What's your not a failure? There's a big difference because if what we do determines who we are, then our identity will always be shaky. If, if what you do, if what you've done is what defines you, then your whole life will be built on wins and losses. You'll never really operate inside of your identity. Your identity will be shaky. You'll be constantly trying to figure it out and chase it. So if you are a mother, a father, an employee, employer, if, if you're defined by that thing you've done, you've been to prison, you've made this mistake, you've had a divorce, whatever the thing is, if that's who you are, you'll operate in that identity. But we know the truth is now at the lowest, most broken spot in his life. And so if you have... Your Bibles, you can open them up to Judges 16. That's where we'll spend time today. If you don't, um, the words will be on the screen behind me. So let's slow down. Let's pray and let's ask that the Lord would speak today, not me. God, God, thank you so much for giving us a place to meet and people to meet with. God, thank you for your, your presence and your Holy Spirit being here today. God, I just ask that 
in the midst of a, a summer, in the midst of heat, in the midst of chaos, that you remove distractions for us for the next little bit, God, that we just we hear you, man. So from last week to this week, there's, there's one verse in here um, that I've, I've just thought about over and over again for the last 10 days. Samson, eyes gouged out, thrown in jail. And the last verse, in verse 22, he says, but the hair on his head began to grow again, and it had been, after it had been shaved. And his hair on his head began to grow again. That's a weird verse to be in there. And I think for most of my life, I've kind of just skipped over that. But the only point of that verse is that there's hope. That in the midst of his destruction, his decisions, all of his actions leading him to this moment, that God's presence was close. The Lord is. And they're, they're saying, well, our God has to be bigger if we are able to take this man into captivity. And so I think what we don't realize at times is that sin has consequences. I think maybe Samson thought his sin would affect him, maybe his close family, but it's affecting thousands and thousands of people. He's in this arena now, and there's people believing that their God has done something bigger, they've captured Samson. But our sin affects the people around us. Now, we know and can be grateful in the fact that Jesus paid for our sins so that we can forever operate in freedom and grace. It's been completely paid for. The blood was sufficient. All is good. But it doesn't mean that we don't pay for our sin here and the people around us aren't affected. If you murder somebody, you absolutely can be forgiven. First, that his hair grew back. Even though he made all the wrong decisions, even though he was in the midst of everything going wrong, God didn't need his hair to Samson needed his hair to grow back to be reminded that God was still there. It's very different. He did not need long hair for him to be powerful again. But that's where it was manifested. And that was a subtle reminder to Samson that, that God was still close. God was still near. There's things in our life that we can get off and we can lose sight of what this looks like. I, I know for me, the most dangerous version of me is when things are going well. When things start going good for me, that's when I start to get dangerous because I start to feel calm. What I can do in our darkest hours and the hardest part when that marriage is falling apart, when you're sitting at the bedside of a heart, when you're sitting at the bedside of a loved one, when you don't know how you're going to pay your bills, when you realize that this sin that you've been hiding is going to be exposed. In these moments, there's, there's something that happens. When we have the ability to turn and to realize that this power we thought we were relying on was ourselves, but we can rely on something so much greater, so much more powerful. And Samson realizes this in verse 28. And Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, remember me, please God, strengthen me. Just, if I can just have a couple drinks tonight, I can relax. I need to take a bath. I just need a vacation. If I just had 10000 20000 $30,000 and all of my problems would go away, I just can do that. I mean, there's a, a real reality that we will face the consequences of our own sin, and there's also a real reality that you're going to face the consequences of sin of people around you. Sometimes you can control it, sometimes you can't. But in those moments when life gets hard, you hit your knees and trust the only one who has the power to grow the hair back to remind you of the strength, or do you try to find ways to fix it? And I think if Samson would have had people around him, if it would have processed it differently, maybe we wouldn't have gotten here. Maybe it would have look different, but, but where do you go? I think it's so important. As, as followers of Jesus, as, as ones that know where the battles are and the enemy is destroyed, why do we get to a point where we look to anything other 
and the one. Now, I think a lot of times we don't say this enough in church. Um, sin can be awesome. Don't clip that. But, but, but sin can be enjoyable. I don't think that Samson went to Gaza and had a bad time with that woman. I think there was things about Delilah that he liked. There can be things that can be enjoyable in the moment, and then you realize over time that the sin is captivating, it's imprisoning, it's putting you down a path that eventually is going to end in glory. Death and destruction. Samson was strong. Your enemy is so much stronger. So much more cunning. So much more divisive. Your, your enemy knows you and pursues you and wants you to believe not only that the path to can know it and then we can lose sight of what this looks like and begin to go down a path that's very similar. If we allow our failure to identity, we will operate in it. We will operate in it forever. I, I think there's nothing more important than if you hear today the Holy Spirit that's the conversation, but God will not limit that. You're not going to get to a point where you can out him. The blood was sufficient. And it's powerful. And it's, it's so reassuring to get to set in a place of knowing that Samson was in his most broken state. He had really put himself in this spot. And the Lord still used We shouldn't. So the first one is, uh, don't waste your life and learn to die daily to yourself. This is a, an ongoing process. Again, I think a lot of times we talk a lot about Jesus, the blood is sufficient, so you get to go to heaven and be with God forever. And it's now as well. Like we operate in it now. We get to walk in that now, and we can lose sight of that. Learning to, to not wait until everything falls apart to, to say, God, please help me, but to wake up every day. Now, maybe you roll out of bed with complete confidence, like I'm going to get into destruction, and allowing you to be reminded of, okay, where, where does the Lord want me to go? Uh, the second one, is Samson in these moments, he's got his hands on these pillars and he's pushing and the pillars are the only thing that's holding up. Remove. Maybe you're operating in this, this identity that you think you're supposed to. Like, I am this mistake I've made. I've not been good. If you only knew about me. What are these things in your life that allow the enemy to stay near that maybe you don't have the ability to remove, but if you pray and you trust that the Lord has the power to help you to remove and to push these out of the way, to destroy, that our marriage has to be destroyed, the relationship with our kids have to be destroyed. What are these things in your life? What's the thing that when we talk about that makes your heart, what's the thing that when we talk about that makes your heart race a little bit, that gives you anxiety? Like if people knew this about me, they wouldn't want me here. That's a lie. It's not true. It's not true. If, you're, if your life if played out before everybody, what are those things you're like, ah, I probably should get rid of those things before the documentary comes out. If, if you're afraid to tell the people around you about it, it's probably you and love you and love you. Be, being in the business world, we always uh, had to go to these like networking events. And one of the things I would always notice, that it's great. I, I'm not a great, I'm a terrible small talk. We're either going one of two ways. We're going to talk Rangers baseball quickly, or I'm going to be like, What's your biggest fear? Like, I don't really know, like, an in-between at all. But I noticed a lot of times that there were, there's always people in the room, and, and I never wanted to be a person 
that knew a lot of people in the room, kind of. I just want to know a few people very, very, very well. I don't want people to know me very well. But who are the people in your life too regularly, I think, if they're in here listening? I got men in my life that are like, that's weird. I don't, why are you doing that? I don't like that. And it's, it's good for me, and it's helped grow me to say, I, I need to slow down. Something's off in me, because I don't always notice it. If you don't have these people in your life, it is not always an easy thing or a natural thing, but I promise you, it is worth the fight to get around people that think that way. Don't waste your life. Learn to die daily. Remove these pillars that hold the enemy up. And who, who's around you? Who are the people that will remind you of that? At the end of the day, as, as I look inward and I look at my life, my, my biggest fear is being inadequate. I wasn't good enough. But what I'm learning slowly, again, failure is an event, not a person. I can't be a failure. I can be a son and daughter of the Most High. I can be fearfully and wonderfully made. I can be loved and pursued. I can be forgiven completely. And when I operate in that, life will look very differently than me trying to earn your affection, me trying to earn the, the, the trust of people around me. And so I, I don't know why you're here, how you got here, if you want to be here, accidentally came with somebody. Either way, no matter if you moment, the Holy Spirit is going to, to use in you. And at that point, to realize that I don't, I don't know what failures, what sin, what you've experienced, what it looks like. Experienced what it looks like. That's not who you are. It's not. You are loved. You are free and you are forgiven. The the band's going to come up. We're going to sing songs made and loved. And the sin that you have made, at the end of the day, when all hope is lost, just know that the hair will slowly Start to go back. The presence of God never left you. You just left it. Let's pray. God, thank you. God, thank you for today and this time. God, I just ask for those in the room right now that, that, that struggle with, with feeling inadequate, that, that feel like they're captivated, they're locked in their own jail cell of their own sin, their own problems, and they, they're trying to... Thank you for Jesus. Praise in his name. Amen.